Want to do better? Then it's time to change the story. Welcome to our show about new visions currently transforming the world through the confluence of art, tech, and innovation. And now your hosts, Michael Ashley and Neil Sahota. All right. Welcome to another episode of Changing the Story. Yeah, I'm really stoked for our guest today, Lisa Caprelli. She's a best-selling author and an innovator with a passion for studying, expressing, and writing about human behavior, communication, and happiness. After 25 years in marketing and branding CEOs and training their businesses into meaningful brands, Caprelli created Skip a Step with Michael Ashley and the books and theories around it and launched Unicorn Jazz to be able to reach children at a very young age. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Oh my God, so glad you have me. Thank you guys. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Neil. Absolutely, absolutely. So Lisa, as a visionary, what is the story that you want to bring to the world? I think it's such a great time um, with the new normal and that's going to be from now until <laughs> eternity really how the world is changing is that we all have the opportunity to be who we want to be and develop that into uh, you know, next month, the following year, um, thanks to technology, and you all are experts in technology, you, you write about it, and I think it's a great time um, as a visionary to create and connect with so many people thanks to technology that we can do that today. Absolutely. And so for I people like that... that oh, sorry, I'm stepping over your words. Go ahead, go ahead. That's, okay. that's awesome. Well, first of all, I love your background. And so for people that want to know about the, the, the Unicorn series that you, that you do, your books, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, I love being a children's author. I've been an author of many books, over 15 by now. Uh, so Unicorn Jazz has a musical note for a tale, as you can see. And there's a series of books that we've done, um, along with my illustrator, Davey Villalobos. Uh, as you know, Michael, in the conversations we've had, storytelling in our lifetime in in all humanity has been is so important mm -hmm. and i remember you told me that and i i was like i know how to tell stories i can make up stories like like this and i would tell my husband chris like you know i like to write being an author for me is one of the greatest stories um that i can ever bring to other people and so you know, I can come up with stories quickly, and I, that's how de I developed Unicorn Jazz, and a lot of the lessons in it um, are lessons or, or stories that came from my childhood in the form of cartoon characters now, and stories uh, that children of all ages appreciate, and, and so do adults. They appreciate the messages that are in the stories. It just has to, has to, has to, happens to be that we included pictures, a picture book, to make the stories. How, how do you actually come up with these great ideas? Because I don't think most people realize that writing a children's book is like a hundred times harder than writing a regular book. You know, it's funny because I think it's, it is, it is a lot of work. I think, I think it's easy in the sense because I love it when you put it all together. Um, I it's like vision. You have to start with what you want. And when I started Unicorn Jazz, I wanted it to be a big brand like Hello Kitty. There's all kinds of unicorns in the world, but no one yet has done a brand that's story, song, arts, all these things collectively. And now we have a kids show called Unicorn Jazz, the thing I do that we created uh, to connect with uh, children and families all over the globe, thanks to technology. And um, so I knew that it wasn't just going to be one book. It was going to be a series. And I knew that the messages and stories I could put with cute characters and, and hand-drawn art, um, beautiful that my 
um, again, Davy Villalobos, who happens to be my cousin, we wanted the hand-drawn art. We put a lot of details. My marketing background paid off because we thought things through. Like if you, if I was a kid, what would I want to see? How, you know, we did it eight and a half by 11, because if you think about all our life, we're growing up with eight and a half, 11 size paper. So when I do art classes and I show the measurement with rulers, it, you can go side by side. So we thought so many details through. I'm a mother. When my kids were little, they like to sing. So we'd had Unicorn Jazz have a musical note for a tale and we copyrighted it right away. So again, the visionary thinking big. I wasn't just let me write a story and see what happens. Um, and then what would a children's book be without a song? You know, for people who have kids, kids love singing. I don't know. I mean, kids that don't love to be, you know, sung to. It's hard to imagine that, right? Yeah. And so what I've done is building the team with all the creative people around me, reaching to people that are professional singers, professional and um, helping me write lyrics. That's not what I do. But what, what I've learned in life and when I teach children and when I do school author visits and connecting with teachers, librarians, they appreciate the team message that it's not just me. Unicorn Jazz represents a myriad of people coming together to celebrate that differences of unicorn jazz, unique, unicorn. We're all supposed to be different. Uh, being happy in the second book uh, talked, it's just big art showing what creates happiness and encourages kids and adults, like what make, what's your happy? And the happiness is free. And then the third book, I See You Choosing Kindness, is again, the kindness messages that we all have a choice to choose kindness. And kindness is in the words we choose. When you're a storyteller, when you're a writer, as you know, the words you choose make people read on. So words are important and words are important in how you talk to people at a very young age. And that's what I'd like to inspire in kids to grow up in and stay connected and stay kind to all the people because Susie may grow up to be a teacher. Guess what? You'd have a, a place to read your children's book. My friend Lorraine grew up to be a principal. Thank God I was kind and I was shy like Unicorn Jazz's character. I had an immediate platform because I went back to all the people I helped along the way. Absolutely. Well, I, I think all these um, themes really speak to me and, and resonate with me, especially uh, having uh, two young kids, uh, but especially the kindness one right now, um, because a big part of the show is about changing the story about and, and part of that is kindness. And I think nowadays, too, when people are feeling so fearful, when there is such division and polarization in our world, I, I think uh, it's really important to bring that message of kindness to children. Yes, and kindness is so important. It it's it just it's I call it currency. I'm I'm sorry. Here's I always have my books. Um, so um, again, I see you choosing kindness. I drew from my childhood. Um, uh, the story. Um, I was teased and bullied as a young child. I wore glasses, bulletproof glasses. Uh, that's as they would call me. <laughs> I was really teased, and it was not fun, you know. And 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 so I write stories for to reach people to show the emotions of what it's like. So there's social emotional learning components in all the books, which again, teachers, schools appreciate. Um, and uh, you know, when I, the first book came out and I had it turned into an audio book, it's actually an Amazon prime too. You can watch it, Michael, with your kids on TV. <laughs> I will. It, it comes to life and I'm with the voice actress, with the song, again, all the people behind it. When I first heard it and watched it, I, I cried just thinking like, I wish I had this book when I was young. It would have helped me mm -hmm. to identify. And, and stories are, are important. We want to identify with characters. We get lost in fiction because we want to pretend and imagine whatever we want. Right. So and I, I see you choosing kindness. The, the page I always point out is um, uh, Billy Bob 
the butterfly bully. We we made the butterfly the um, the bad guy, you know, yeah. and. Uh, and so Wolf the Crow, who's in Unicorn Jazz's um, uh, friend in all the books, kind of like Curious George, mm-hmm. uh, who believes in her in the first book. Uh, and, all, and then he, now he's there on the sidelines. So he's Wolf the Crow. And he says here, I had a choice. What I wanted to say was, look at you, your socks don't match, like thought bubbles. And I always, and we use this, adults use it all the time. Like, what is your thought bubble? But right. what do you actually say? He says, instead, I chose kinder words. I like my new glasses because now I can see your colorful socks. Like he wanted to tease them back. And when I go to school as the kids before they like, they raised their hands. Like, was he mean back? I said, no, I go, he had a choice. And I said, imagine everyone watching. And now it changes everybody's day because we live mm-hmm. by example. Absolutely. I think that, uh, you know, some speaking about going back to stories, um, my son is very much into star Wars, but I think about stars and obviously I grew up loving that, but that's one choice, which is to respond uh, with, well, let's talk about, I mean, it's violence, you know, even using a lightsaber, a blaster. But what you're talking about is responding and changing a story in a different way, which is compassion and looking about different ways to solve our problems in life beyond uh, using violence and turning, I mean, turning to kindness, which I think is really important. Yeah. And, and if you think about, uh, you know, for the person at school that kids go, you know, up with or people are peers in, in everyday environment, it's easy sometimes to everyone's watching you and what's the choice you're going to do. And then it's, again, it still happens to me all the time. And now that like I write these books, you know, my, my husband will be like, okay, what would, what would, uh, what's the crow say, you know, what's the choose kindness message. And, but I wish I grew up with those conversations sure. in my home. So that's what books can do for kids. Absolutely. I think that's really powerful and I'm kind of curious because it sounds like you've done a lot of work to create like an immersive experience for the kids and I think is huge because I, it always strikes me that it seems like people are reading less and less today and with kids there's so much distraction with yeah. tablets and Netflix and all that kind of stuff. I mean how 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 easy or hard is it to connect with kids through a book now? Well, you know, the beautiful part about being a children's author that I, many things I didn't know that were going to happen, that I believe all my life I'm, you're meant to do something and, and have gifts and purpose. I wish I'd done this 10, 20 years ago, right? But we're here now. Um, reaching children is so impressionable. And I know why teachers like teaching now the younger kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do read a lot of books. They, they, they love looking at pages over and over again. And most of the time they do love touching it, even though there are tablets. If you give a child a book, they're going to read it, you know, backwards and forwards, study the art, kind of like we did when we were kids, right? We would read books backwards and forwards. And like, if you like Star Wars or graphic novels, which is why we're turning our books more into graphic novelists, because again, I've studied the market, which is kids, and that's what they like. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm just one person, you know, obviously children's authors love books and they, that's why they continue to write them. All authors love writing but when you put a picture to a book kind of like uh, Star Wars started as a script but then it became a movie all of it started with words the movie would not have happened without words and if you can impress upon kids teachers school librarians parents read a lot of books together and and you know picture books it's 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 fun I mean my without the art these books would be I'm sorry they would be boring you know <laughs> and I think that's why like I want everything to be a picture book now because it comes to life and you know we have a goal to turn these into animated series as well mm-hmm. um you know doing children's album and connecting with children but 
the powerful part about reaching children is they actually do love reading. They do love books. Um, I think it's important for parents to to read with them. But I, I think that when your children are little, it's it's a present time you give them. Don't you do that with your children, Michael? Oh, absolutely. Or, or your wife isn't, and they love it. That, oh that's yeah. Like present time attention. Oh yeah. Actually, uh, they had this really cool thing at my son's preschool where for Dr. Seuss week, I got to actually go in and read to the kids and it oh. was a lot of fun and yeah. I, they just loved it. And I think that especially when you're that age, there's a, a tactile component where they all come up and they want to see, you know, like they want to turn the pages themselves and they want you to tell them about your own personal stories and associations with it. Even if they don't use those exact words, they're yeah. just really curious. And I think that's neat. Yeah. They want it. And, and then it helps them. I, I go and they tell them, well, when your teacher tells you to write a journal, you know, and you like to write, write more. That's what I did. I, when she said, write a paragraph, I wrote three. When I got older, read a page, I wrote five. Um, you you know you guys are probably the same way. Artists probably love drawing, and I'll I'll tell you one of the things in, in my research and reaching you know seemingly thousands of kids as I go around the the world reaching kids now through Zoom and virtual visits as well is almost every child likes the art. I would if I were to rate it, it's art, writing, and then um, you know uh, singing and dancing also. You know. And um, so I, then I stop and, you know, with my quest of studying human behavior, my social psychology background, when I ask them questions like, why do you like this or why do you not? Uh, the children, um, they love all of these creative elements and they don't need the word creative. Like you don't, you know, can you first grade? I'm creative. You don't really realize if you're creating a, a paper play a puppet or something that's creative. Mm-hmm. I had a fourth grader uh, in January when I did a school visit. I'm teaching all these things. Of course, I'm excited. Everyone says it all the time. And, and, you know, that excitement is contagious. And a fourth grader raises his hand and he's like, is it hard to be creative? And I had, okay, this is a room of 200 kids, educators, district librarians. And I just said, is it hard to dream? And he's like, no. I said, everyone here has creativity in them. It's a choice of how you use it, who you use to help you. If you're not a writer, partner with the writer. Mm-hmm. And so I've done little uh, team workshops where I teach the kids how to make their own story, whether they do anything with that or not. But again, I think, imagine if I was young, if someone gave me this excitement that they too can create their own stories. <clears throat> Absolutely. So, and, and that's really cool that you are going out and you're doing it on Zoom and you're doing it in person. What are the insights that you're gleaning from talking to these kids? What are the kids of today? What, what are they interested in? What, what are your thoughts about this, this new generation? They do love the technology. When I bring up, uh, my son has a YouTube channel. Now we have a YouTube channel, so we get to plug ourselves. Um, they want to know, they are, they grew up with the internet in their pocket. We did not. Mm-hmm. They they it's a it's a they're digital natives where we're digital immigrants you know and uh and so i think it's important for people to really embrace it even though you know we want to say oh they're always on that and we didn't grow up that way well we can't change that they have the opportunity is that they can learn to create look at this time we're living in everyone's Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people creating and that's not gonna stop and um one of the things um that this new normal did not prepare the world for if you think about it in school there's you know fire drills you know what happens if this no one was prepared for if we had to stay home for x amount of time yeah how do how do we communicate and i'm i find that kind of astonishing that 
that now I see educators, it took them sometimes three, four weeks to figure out how to teach. And of course, you know, hats off to them. That's, you know, I've been on Zoom calls, um, Zoom meetings with first graders, a, a, a teacher trying to connect with 20, 30 kids that are, you know, first grade is a hard age to do that, <laughs> you know, uh, but, you know, grades that are third grade and older, uh, they had to learn how to adapt to this. There was no time frame given for this, but the beautiful time, the beautiful part about this opportunity with the world we're living in, thanks to technology and as you guys write about with artificial intelligence and what's ahead, is it's really a time that we can all be innovators and it doesn't matter what age. Think about the 12 year old YouTuber that's learning all of these things on their own. Maybe they happen to have you know family members that, that know technology, maybe not. Uh, so I, it almost like brings the world into a new um, platform with technology because you, you have to integrate technology with everything we do. So uh, children can really embrace it. And, and the schools and teachers that use technology back to the kids, they're going to now be excited about it. Uh, I, I think that's actually a really powerful point. And ironically, I think it fits in well with your, you know, can you be creative? How hard is that? You know, how hard is yeah. dreaming? You know, I, I'm seeing like you look with the schools, the universities, all these places, even like, you know, regular offices saying like, well, this thing about working from home or, you know, virtual classes is 15 years away. And now we're realizing not only can we do it and do it fairly well in some cases, we're talking about taking the next step. And like I hear people talking about, let's, can we do virtual classes? Yeah. In the virtual world that uh, people come together. And you could reach people everywhere. So it's just, it's going to be people deciding what they want obviously we want human connection you know i mean i love seeing you two on the screen that we could talk you know even though we got to dress up and you know get ready for it but it's still human connection and i think that we're going to see a lot more of seeing facetime and zoom calls with people versus you know going over to your office not that we don't want to do that but we're, we live in a such fast-paced world i i have huge ambitions to write hundreds of unicorn jazz series books so all these and I think the more I meet people in person, not that I don't want to, think of that time. Do you guys stop and think about that? Like sure. how much time you do have when you don't meet people? Not that you don't want to, right? Sure. No, I, I totally get that. By the way, going back, so going back to human connection for just a moment, I, and I totally get what you're saying about the, the benefits of technology. And first of all, it's allowing us to have this conversation now. So that's awesome. Right. But um, this is something that my wife and I struggle with too, which is how do you, if we go more to uh, digital teaching, um, how do we keep that social aspect alive? Because it's so important, especially when you're little, to play and to be uh, next to that person. What are your thoughts about that? I think that, uh, and this is a great question, I have a Facebook group that's been started with teachers that came to me to, because of all the the alignment and you know great things that are happening in the world. It's called Educate the Heart. It's a Facebook group of educators, parents. We're, we're actually doing what, call, what we're calling jazz talks instead of like TED Talks. And we're, we're bringing in kids and educators and you'll be seeing that. Um, I'd love to invite you guys in the future to give a jazz talk that's towards the kids. Our, sure. Everything we do is, is to reach the kids. And sometimes you've got to reach the parents first. So I think it's, a two, it, it's more than a twofold um, answer, Michael, is one, parents have to be buy into it and understand that it's important to know what's going to, the changes, right? Mm -hmm. You rely on skills and teachers. We, we um, my friends, uh, Pam Quevedo and Jennifer Quattrucci, who are part of the group, we, uh, we started asking kids that same question because the kids tell us, right? And this one uh, girl who's 12 years old, uh, she's a Spanish YouTuber, bilingual, and English speaking, 
And she says, teachers should just call us, you know, pick up the phone and call us. You know, obviously they could text. And, and I think sometimes people are afraid to text. There's like, do we email? Do we text? Do we Facebook? There's just so many platforms. Um, but I think that what I'm seeing too, because I'm in a lot of Facebook groups with educators all over the world, some of them, 100,000 people in a group, just one group. Uh, people, I've seen groups go from 10,000 members to 100,000 in weeks. That's what technology can do. And Facebook announced years ago that groups were going to be the, the way people connect. It's not the, just post on your timeline and, you know, let's see who comes because that's too broad, right? When you want to connect, if you think about it, when you have meetups, you're connecting with like-minded people. So like if you're in technology, you want to be in technology groups and there's probably subgroups. If you're an educator, you want to be in teacher groups, library groups, parents. There's all, again, I'm in all these groups. I actually study this, this because I want to know how people are connecting. We're wired for connection. That's never going to change. We will find the way. And, and Facebook has made the incredible platform to do that. And so there's a myriad of ways, obviously with children, you have to have parent permission before you do things and there's parameters to that. But I think that the forward thinking parents that do want their kids to, to be able to have all these different um, teaching resources are going to take part in that. And it just comes down to education, how, how well they are aware. There's people that aren't even on Facebook still. And that's okay, right? Um, but think about this. Imagine that you're growing up as a 10-year-old in today's world. And just say you could, you could have a class by a NASA sci you know, uh, top executive or a scientist anywhere in the world. And imagine that you could do a class for $12. I'm just making up that price, by the way. But there are, there, that's what I'm seeing. Which, as a parent, would you, as a child, would you want to learn from that great person? Or go back to school and say, well, the teacher that has been teaching me is just in one area. And again, I'm te their teachers do so many great things. But do you see what I mean? Where there's more opportunities? Block Blockbuster was out. Netflix came in. So it's an exciting time that's, that's still being formed in what children can learn. If, if you are a parent, you would want your children to learn from the best of. I mean, imagine if you can learn from a writer like Stephen King, if you're in high school, if he chooses to teach, would you do it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, that's really the hope of masterclass. I mean, that's, that's what's so we have a subscription to it. We love it. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And they do it because they, they're volume. They, they want to teach the greatest number of people. And I'm seeing that with teaching. I'm a teacher on a platform called Up School that I could teach little art lessons. I could read my book in story time. And it's not, I mean, it's, I think it's like, you could charge seven to $10, which, but if you multiply that times, however many, I can reach people in Australia, you know, Europe, any country. So, but you have to learn how to do that. You got to create the video for people to find you. So there are steps to that. But, but today we, we have to make those steps or you're going to be left behind and be a dinosaur. I actually think that's a really powerful point. Cause I, I keep hearing people talk about, well, I don't have to worry about personal brand. I work at this company and things like that. And I think we're all going to be known for something. We're all, for lack of a better word, content engines now. Yeah. And if we're not working on that and establishing what our value is, it becomes really hard and it gets really hard to get be connected, right? So what are some um, challenges that you all see with, with education and children that from an outside perspective, like if you were eight again, what would you, what would you be wanting or thinking? 
I'd probably be not wanting to go to school. There's so many incredible like video games and things on TV. It's it's hard, but you know, I also feel like there's a subtle way to kind of weave in educational things as part of these without the maybe the child consciously realizing that while they play, they they're also learning, right? It's kind of the concept of gamification. Mm-hmm. Right. We can actually take that to a wild degree these days now. Yeah, and I'd say that with my with my kids, uh, that there are so many resources. I mean, there's so many books out there. First of all, it's just it's amazing. And so, if you go to any bookstore and look at the amount of kids' books out there, it is truly awesome. Um, one thing I think though that is challenging, and by the way, so Neil and I both uh, are teaching at the college level. We both went to remote teaching this semester, and that works for them. But I do know that my son, uh, actually both of them, really. Uh, benefit from this social interaction, and I think that's that's the challenge that I see. I don't want to I don't want to lose that. I totally agree with what you're saying. The, the ability to have whatever we're calling, if it's a master class type of thing, where you are able to learn from this expert who might be completely on the other side of the world, that's awesome. I think it's just juggling uh, the physical and the virtual. I think it's a combination. I for sure. I mean, it's a combination that we have to uh, address. Um, sorry, I don't know. <laughs> um, it's for sure. Of course, we need you know interaction, and, and especially children. They're going to grow up and be in the social world, you know, versus a bubble. So you know, there's so, so many uh, questions and answers to what's going to be ahead for kids, um, and it's going to continue to be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I uh, I will admit that I feel jealous that. I didn't have something like Unicorn Jazz growing up. I really want to check that out. But Oh, please do. You know, adults really love it. I, I can't tell you that adults actually look, because there's a lot of, I was to point out, we had like, eight, I grew up in the 80s, in the 80s child, I was a teenager. So things um, that we put in there that adults, again, when you, when you read your books to kids, this is why we did it. Adults are reading right at a young age. And you want adults to also love the books. And so like this one, we put like a wham. <laughs> Like that'll wake you up before you go go, and <laughs> you know, just so much nuggets. Sometimes I read the book, I go, well, "There's another nugget of humor." Um, so I love doing it, and uh, I just um, enjoy that to be able to inspire the people to create and and teach. Everybody has a message to share. They do. You may they may not know it. My husband, Dr. Chris, uh, he's a radiologist, and he has a background in marine biology. We're complete opposites. He, one of the first things when I met him, I said, what is one of the things you, you had a challenge in life? <laughs> he said, writing. <laughs> Can you imagine writing? So we complement each other well. We do our show, the, kid, the thing I do. He shares lessons he knows about bees, uh, narwhals, um, ocean animals, things that, so I feel like I'm a seven-year-old kid again, interested. We turn them to videos. He has some of the best content. Who knew that would happen? But he had all these messages and all these things to share. And there's so much knowledge we all can offer. Obviously, you know, we would never sleep if we just wanted to learn everything in the world by ourselves versus someone teaching us to us. You know, like like what you all are doing. You package it up and you can teach it to the world and why artificial in, uh, intelligence matters. Absolutely. What would you tell kids? Like if I, if I wanted to sum up for what you've done, what would you tell kids about artificial intelligence and the importance of it to their future? Usually I tell them that they're going to be cyborgs one day and they're really excited <laughs> by that. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I think that, uh, but that actually, that speaks to the potential uh, of technology. If you think about technology, it allows you to do what seems to be impossible. In a lot of ways, it feels like magic. And so uh, even with, with Neil, what he's saying there, I mean, I think from, lo- from looking at my children, what excites them most is the, the world of possibilities. And when you talk about the time that we live in right now, the, the world is filled with possibilities. Science fiction is becoming science fact. And you could team up with people all over the world by reaching out and asking, which I do all the time. And I... I have teacher curriculum, all these things, teacher certified, because I've reached out with a teacher. I don't have a teaching credential, although I could teach. Um, and so it's an exciting, it's just an exciting time. And, and you got to embrace it. Um, I know that uh, my son, uh, Trey, uh, he's told me like, mom, I, you never have to get a tutor for me because I just YouTube how to do it. And I'm like, thank you. You know, <laughs> That's so uh, you can learn anything today. Um, you know, you put your mind to it. I want to say, this is what I feel too. If I, if I was young again, growing up in today's time, the best part of it is I did grow up very poor and, and lacked a lot compared to what, you know, I see living out here in California. Uh, if I could grow up with, if someone just gave me a computer, which a lot of schools do, I feel like I'm equal. Like now that I feel like I'm equal. I wouldn't have felt like I'm poor or I can't have because growing up, I always felt like, no, you can't have that, Lisa. We can't get that. You can't learn that. We can't get that book. And I think that that's what's neat. And so for kids who maybe feel left behind or feel like they don't have what the other kids have, this is a great time for anyone. Absolutely. Sure. Well, very, very inspiring. If people want to learn more about you and your work, how can they get a hold of you, Lisa? Thank you. Easy. Go to unicornjazz.com, just like the name, Unicorn Jazz, and all social media. I'm very reachable, too. Is that coming out on the screen? Yeah, make so. sure it's the, we'll make sure it's the speaker notes so they'll get it. Yes. Oh, thank you. Yes. And follow my kids' show, The Thing I Do. Uh, we're on YouTube uh, Live with that and Facebook Live. And just have some big goals to get on, on streaming networks as we keep growing and, and uh having people share content of what they like to do on the form of video. Awesome. Awesome. That's you showing very much connectedness. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank thanks you again, for Lisa. Having me. No, thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. I look forward to following your great work in the world and your messages. Thank and you. Um, thank you for doing that. I'm going to share with the people that I know as well. Awesome. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, if you like today's show, please remember to hit the like button and leave a comment. If you've been enjoying the Changing the Story podcast series, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you.